Hello, I'm Mark Tweddle. Welcome to You Tell Yours, where we share with you stories from our storytelling classes. This podcast usually goes out on a Monday, and videos from the stories go out on our YouTube channel, so check it out. Our storytelling techniques are a practical way to help get yourself heard, be it for a storytelling event, a business presentation, or any public speaking function. So if you'd like to tell your story, head over to youtellyours.com for details of our classes and events, both in Burbank and online. This week's story from Monty Lamonti is a touching story of a boy making the choice to adopt. When I was a child, I used to have this uh, reoccurring dream. And it was of an old lady holding me and looking at me. And it really felt like, it just felt like such love. But when I got older, as I was growing up, I realized I, I don't, this old lady, there was no one in my family. I had, there was no one old. I had no grandparents or anything like that. So I, so I said to my mom, they have been having this reoccurring dream of this old lady holding me. What do you think that could be? And she said, well, I don't know. The only thing I can remember is your great-grandmother holding you, but that was when you were like four months old, and she died when you were like six months old. And she's like, you wouldn't remember that. But I do remember that, and I love that memory. It's a very fond memory. And um, it's the only memory I actually have of any of my grandparents. I never met a single grandparent. So I grew up in Chicago. Um, yes, great city. Uh, this story takes place in Chicago, 1985. I grew up Two parents, like all of us, my mother and father. I was an only child. I was, I was a lonely only child. And my parents were good people, but my mother, uh, she worked all day. And when she would come home from work, all she really wanted to do was eat, do her hair, get her hair in colors, and get ready for work the next day, and then, like, watch TV. And my dad, um, you know, he was, like, an, a bit up and down. I, I, I think uh, if he saw a therapist, he would be considered bipolar um, <laughs> by today's standards. But in the, in the 70s and 80s, you know, whatever. Um, <clears throat> and my dad, though, my dad was one of those guys who uh, showed his love through violence and, uh, and, and hitting. And uh, let, let's just say, when I was a child, I got a lot of love. <laughs> so when I needed someone to talk to, I, mean, I definitely wasn't going to them. Um, <clears throat> but what I did notice was I had these friends. And uh, a lot of my friends, they had grandparents. Their grandparents were still alive. And their grandparents were awesome. They were excellent. They, they were cool. They were fun. They seemed more like friends. Like where I came from, uh, your family, you all still lived in like the same house. So like, you know, my family, their grand, my friends' families, their grandparents like still lived with them. They grew up and they were there. And it was really <laughs> neat. And uh, my one friend especially, this one friend, Lance Paulson. And uh, he had a grandfather, Josh, which I learned they said was a Polish for grandpa. I don't know. I'm Italian. I have no fucking idea. I believe it. But uh, Josh was super cool. Like, I loved Josh. He was really neat. He would drive us places. You know, he was a little older, so he had a car. So he would drive us to the mall <laughs> to the park and, and drop us off. And he was really cool. Like, with, with just a phone call, he'd pick us back up. He was great. And uh, But one of the really neat things about Josh that I especially loved was he would actually ask us questions about us. You know, he would talk to us individually every now and again, ask how our days were and how we were doing, how we were feeling and stuff like that. And that was stuff I just didn't get at home and stuff I couldn't really talk about with my friends. You know, Chicago, tough guy. You know, he used to talk about fucking Marvel Comics and He-Man and bullshit, you know? So it was really neat to have that. Um, and I loved that. My dad, um, even though my dad did do some things of illegal activity, um, one, one, job my, one job my father did have was uh, he cleaned apartments, which when I was a kid, I was always embarrassed to, to tell people that my dad did that. Um, 
I thought it was cooler to say he was a drug dealer, which he did for a short time, <laughs> which isn't cool at all. <laughs> but, um, but the neat thing about when he cleaned apartments was um, sometimes he would take me with him. And when he would do that, when he would take me, when he would go to that job, he was in a good mood. And uh, later I realized, but that, cause that's, that was something like legit and he was making cash and whatever. And the neat thing about that job was it was a neat bus journey from like the shitty neighborhood we lived in to this like nicer neighborhood. And another neat thing about the trip was after we'd get off the bus, we had a short walk. And on that short walk, we'd go past this like old people's home. And I freaking loved the old people's home because like there were, there were all these like cute old jolly people walking around like, you know, with canes and in wheelchairs. And I just loved it. And for someone who didn't have a grandparent and like longed for a grandparent, this was like the fucking Walmart of grandparents. <laughs> I was like, holy shit, you know, like this is amazing. And like it was 1985, Cocoon had just come out. So I was like, yes, you know, um, I loved it. Um, and, and that was really cool. And uh, one day I'm hanging out with my buddy Huey, and Huey, we, like I said, it's 1985, so 1985 I was 14, and uh, Huey and I are hanging out on the front porch, and Huey was one of my, uh, good, I was born in 1971, it looked like you were doing the math. <laughs> so um, Huey, Huey was the one friend I had that I could be vulnerable with, you know, like I said, we've been friends since third grade, uh, once when I was in sixth grade he let me fart into his face, because he said he liked the smell of farts, which is fucking weird but um but that was endearing about him he was just one of those guys and and i could say anything to him so one of the things i had said to him while we were hanging out was like man you know like i really want a grandparent you know like I, it's something i've always wanted and he and i didn't know this but he's like yeah me too i didn't grow up with grandparents either and i was like fuck hey you know my dad works right near this area where there's just like a bunch of grandparents there. Why don't we go and adopt a grandparent? And Huey being the good buddy was like, yeah, let's do it. So fucking hey, we took the bus down to this old people's home. That day, we just immediately split. It was like an impulsive action. And uh, we get there, and all of a sudden you get there, and we're just like, what are we doing here? You know, like, but we were nervous, but also, you know, nervous, but like, fucking hey, man, I'm here for a grandparent, you know, like, I'm doing this. So, uh, so we go, we push open the door, and uh, man, my nerves are, my nerves are gunning, right? And I'm thinking like, wow, this is going to be like, like cocoon is happening. We hold people laughing and dancing, but instead it's like, it's like, uh, it's quiet. Uh, you just hear like faint sounds of TV coughing and a smell of urine in every breath you take, you know? But there's this jolly lady at the desk and she says, can I help you too? And we're like, oh, oh yeah. And, uh, and immediately I'm like, hey, you know, um, we're here to adopt grandparents. And uh, she had this smile and she like, she was endeared by us. And um, we had a little bit of chit chat and after some small talk, she's like, you know, let me go see what I can do. <laughs> and, um, and I don't know why I thought, for some reason I thought my, I, for some reason I thought like Josh was in the army or something like that. I don't know why. So when she's taking off, I said, oh, and by the way, can you make mine like a World War II guy or something? And she's like, yeah, yeah. She, she smiled me up. Right? <laughs> so, so Huey and I are hanging out like with anxiety waiting, like, oh my God, oh my God. And then she comes back and she's all smiles. And we're like, oh my God. And then she found two candidates for us. And we're like, this is amazing. 
he takes Huey off to, to his to his grandparent, and I'm standing there waiting, and then she comes and gets me. And I felt like the golden child because it was my idea, you know. Uh, so I'm waiting, and then we're going to go into this room, and I am fucking like, oh God, oh God, you know. And then we open the door, and then there he is, Carl. He's not, he's not chubby or anything like Josh. He's very thin and tall. I mean, I could see this as he's laying in a bed. He, by the way, he never got out of the bed. But laying in the bed under a blanket. And uh, we immediately, like, we hit it off right away. We started talking. It was really cool. She left the room. And we, we started, it was a great conversation. It was really neat. Um, the only thing is, I will admit, the first meeting he talked more about him than me, which was a little upsetting. Uh, but I learned some neat things. Like, I did learn he was in World War II, which I was like, great, I got a war guy. This is awesome. And uh, I learned that he hated his children because they, because they didn't visit him. But this was even, I thought this was really great. He hated his he hated his nieces and nephews even more than his children because they reminded him of his kids. Like, right, that's fucking great. This guy is cool, you know. And um, and um, so then my second visit, I was excited to go see him. I, my mom actually worked for a, a magazine circulation company uh, in Chicago called Charles Levy, and uh, and she would get free magazines. So I brought him some comic books when I went to go see him, and uh, we talked a little more about me and, and a little more about him, which I still. I didn't really like too much. I really wanted to talk about me. Um, and then uh, the third visit, I go to see him. The third visit was 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 the sweet the sweet spot, because that was a visit where we really talked a lot about me. And um, but, but the important thing in that visit was we talked about my father and the relationship I had with my dad. And uh, he explained to me that um, uh, some men do not know how to communicate well. And they show their love uh, through violence and, and whatnot, and and uh, that's hard to take. But 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 I, I I didn't really understand it then, but I did I did it took a little time and it soaked in, and, and I and I did understand it. And when I saw my father later, I, you know, of course you don't want to get hit, uh, but you see the reaction to whatever, and you know, like yeah, this is his way of showing love, and I and whatever. So. When I was going to see Carl for my fourth visit and knowing he was in the army, I asked my mom, hey, give me some Guns and Ammo magazines. I'm whatever, I, whatever, I want this, whatever, these comic books, whatever. And so I'm very excited. Like, I got these gun magazines this time. And, and uh, I'm like, man, oh, my God, I, I want to tell him, too, about, like, even though my dad had, I didn't talk to my dad and he hasn't stopped hitting me, but I understand it more. And not that I like that, but it's whatever. For what it's worth, it makes it a little bit easier to deal with. So I go there for the fourth visit, and I show up, and as, I, and as I'm walking in, the lady who usually smiles, and as I walk past her, she stops me, and she says, uh, Son, I'm sorry, uh, but Carl passed. And I just was like, I stood, and I was numb for a moment. She was, I, I'm, I feel really bad, but the, this sort of thing happens at a hospice. And uh, I didn't know what a hospice was. Now I know. I mean, of course, that's why you're so skinny and always under the blanket and whatnot, of course. And, uh, and I left like a fucking kid, like a brat. Like I stormed out of there and I was mad. I was mad at myself, you know, I was pissed. Like, why did I even do this? This was a fucking waste of time. Of course, this is ridiculous. Of course it died. Of course, you know, everyone dies on me, you know, and whatnot. So um, uh, I, I was really upset, but I didn't, I was like, fuck this. I'm not gonna let myself cry. I'm not gonna do it. And I'm like, I'm not, it's not gonna affect me. It, and I thought for a while it didn't affect me, but I realized, you know what? It did affect me. Carl affected me in a huge way. It's the reason why now today I can't have pets. Uh, 
I just can't have a pet. And it's the reason why my wife is 11 years younger than me. I don't like things that die before me. So now, uh, sometimes when I go out for a little stroll or whatnot, and I walk past like an old person's home, and I see a bunch of old people, I stop and I look and I go, huh, I wonder if maybe one of them is looking for a grandson. <laughs> yeah, not for me. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed Monty's story. Our storytelling techniques are a practical way to help get yourself heard, be it for a storytelling event, a business presentation, or any public speaking function. So if you'd like to tell your story, head over to youtellyours.com for details of our classes and events, both in Burbank and online. You can listen to this as a podcast at podcast.youtellyours.com or find it on iTunes. And if you have a moment, please review the podcast on iTunes as we'd love to know what you think. And it also helps others find us. And you can email me at mark at quirkybranding.com if you have any questions about this podcast or need help with video and digital marketing. Thank you for listening.